Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Didn't you watch Wayne's World? When you're doing the countdown, Nicholas, you go three, two. And yeah, but we have a click after the one, nah, so it's different. No, no, no. And it I, takes forever for it to go live, if we're being honest, too. Sh- shape up or ship out, Nicholas. Okay. Right? Yes, yes, I mean, yes, come on. Yes, Come on. Course. Like, you know, the honeymoon is over, right? Wow. We're back. Get mm. your fucking shit together, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, Doc is on time this week. Geeks Worldwide Radio and the Dork Shared Gooniverse probably possess you the greatest, and I mean the greatest, podcasting team in the world he's the fry guy nick fryer i am healthy and on time back crack a baby welcome to the tldr comic book club nicholas my friend how are you doing i am doing just splendid and you know what's funny is i didn't think about the fact that you're healthy and like because normally i'm like when you say you're sick i'm like oh no you, you sound fine don't, like, you're good don't worry about it this is the first time i think i've ever actually really noticed the difference <laughs> in, a, in a good way, good way this time around. Because I either always look like shit or it sounds like shit. So well, I don't think all, you always. I'm glad like it's shit. all come together. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's um yeah. So it's good to uh to get back at it. Obviously, we're doing more horror comics. We're doing another mainline episode. Which honestly, if there's any time of year where I want us to make sure we're getting mainline stuff, because generally it's like. Whatever's going on, whatever works for me. It's fun to do interviews. It's fun to do uh, to just do mainline stuff. But during spooky season, I like to hear about some horror books from you. I like to dig into some myself. And we actually have a pretty interesting experience today for the book that I chose. Um, <laughs> and I will explain a little bit more why later on. But we actually have a lot to get to more than usual for our mainline episodes because um, we have to talk about New York Comic Con stuff. But before I mention that, I did say interviews. Not that we have any in the hopper right now but you never know when they're going to pop up the only way you're going to find those is if you subscribe to one of our audio channels that's apple spotify geeks worldwide radio soundcloud amazon uh anywhere that you find any major podcasting platforms we are there so if you're scrolling on twitter you're finding us now if you find us on our youtube page make sure you go find one of our audio channels subscribe there as well and leave a five-star rating and review only five stars on apple otherwise you're on the real meaning of backcracker highest rating anywhere else that you uh, listen to podcasting but the reason is you're not going to find our interviews on, on on Twitter, on Doc's Twitch, or on our YouTube page. You only find our, our interviews on audio channels. Now, getting back to the news, because we have a lot to get to. A um, few things that I've jotted down here. So, Joe, the biggest one for me coming out of New York Comic Con was not only do we get DC bringing back Elseworld, which I think Dark Knights of Steel is probably the biggest reason why that's happening. Oh, 100%. We are getting Dark Knights of Steel too. The table was set for that to happen as much as it could have ended right there with 12 issues that was set to, to go and do more. Of course, the thing that I'm most excited about with this announcement is Jay Kristoff is writing a Dark Knights of Steel story. And I know you re- recognize that name, Joe, but for the people who don't know, I, when I proposed to my now wife, I I used the first book that she shared with me, the first prose book, which takes I, a I, long time. Let, you know what? I knew you were going to do this too. Give me a second. I used that book to ask her to marry me. I got it hollowed out and everything. And it's funny. Joe did did say use the book somehow. Find a way to use it. Put like put the ring in there. And then I went to Salem and we got I got lucky and found this person who does like safe making. Uh, and it all just kind of clicked because I was like, well, Joe, like when Joe said, I'm like, the ring's going to fall out. But what's also funny is 
Joe, when I go and give tell my wife that Joe came up with the idea originally, he's like, why the hell are you saying it? Now, every time I bring it up, Joe's like, hey, make sure you credit me. I I told the wife. I'm the reason you're married, bro. Just yes. say it. Yes, Just of say course. It. Yes. I was up your ass about proposing. Yes, you were. Yes, you would yeah, Joe. You thought Joe was, was her was her older brother. My goodness, <laughs> you're welcome. But you're yes, welcome. but seriously, like Jay Kristoff is an outstanding writer, and uh, I've really I really enjoy his Nevernight series. And there's more of his work that I need to check out. But getting to see him do some stuff in comics, I always say it like I want to see prose writers get into the mix, like, especially um, prose writers who are well established. Sarah Gailey is one who you've talked about on here as well. So I'm very excited to see uh, Jay Kristoff and see what he can do. Especially in Dark Knights of Steel too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I, I mean, I love the idea, right? And I love that they're bringing Elseworlds back, but I wonder why they just wouldn't continue to use Black Label. Just just give these writers the chance and, and do it under Black Label. Right? Yeah. I don't know what the difference is or, you know, maybe they yeah. want to try and 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 market it to a wider audience that would probably be my guess but regardless i love i love these stories because we get a thousand fucking batman books a week and we get a thousand like spider-man books a week like we 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 love these characters but there's like a ton of books out and so like we at a certain point it kind of gets repetitive and that's what elseworlds and and black label provides so you can kind of go off canon you can get a little a little nuts let's get nuts <laughs> and i love that because you you get you know you get some of these writers that come along that you're maybe not you're familiar so familiar with um or making their debut and they you know maybe they just fucking knock it out of the park and you go yes and that turns into more opportunities and more great content so i absolutely love this the, the 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 biggest thing for me uh that i was really fucking pumped and jacked about uh was was news from a friend of the show declan shalvey mm-hmm. uh, who uh who dropped that he's writing thundercats for dynamite crazy i dude i so little doc young doc there were there was like three shows that was everything to me when i was a kid it was ninja turtles it was Inspector Gadget, and it was Thundercats. I fucking love Thundercats. I had the sword, watched uh, uh, everything. Right? It's the it was the fucking best. Like I have so, you know, I talked last week how I've never read a Transformers comic. I've never really been interested in a Transformers comic, but you attach Daniel Warren Johnson to it. I'm going to read the fucking shit out of it, and I did, and it was excellent. You put Declan Shelby on a fucking Thundercats book, and I think he's writing and drawing it. Nope, just writing. Just right. Doesn't matter. I am so fucking in it hurts, right? I fucking can't wait for this. Everything about the the characters are great. The logo's great. It's it's uh, this is going to fucking take me back to my youth and I'm going to absolutely love the shit out of it. I didn't watch ThunderCats. I think this is where you and I had that. Yeah, uh, this was, well that's this this is that 10 year age gap between yep, us, bro. Exactly, exactly. But I, I'll tell you what, I am very much excited for it because this seems like something that I've largely missed out on. Um, because I think you know, one that you're not big into. I know I know the Wii one is a is a big fan of Pokemon, but that that you were too old for that when that came out, right? Yeah, I mean I wasn't um, you know, I I wouldn't say I was too old because you know, I definitely played the games on Game Boy. Okay. Um, and you know, definitely watched the cartoon a little bit, you know, but you know, it, it wasn't my age. It was just the same thing with Power Rangers. Right. Power Rangers, right? Um, because both, I mean, both were cultural phenomena, but those are more my brother's wheelhouse. But for me, like, cause Thundercats was an eighties cartoon. It was, it was, you know, 
every every morning, you know, before I got on the school bus, it was Inspector Gadget, and then Saturday mornings, it was Thundercats, it was Ninja Turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was all you know, like Thundercats was sort of in that that grouping of you know, you know, awesome late '80s you know cartoons, and then you know the '90s hit, and that's when you get x-men and batman mm-hmm. and sort of like you, you graduate sort of from one level to the next so uh this was fucking awesome news yeah I was i'm so very excited i am very very excited for it. i would say that's probably again not a thundercats fan not not i just never really had a chance to give it a chance um i'm very excited because i'll tell you what too the other thing that helps it out not a he-man never been a he-man fan but when they made that netflix cartoon i think it came out in 2020 or maybe maybe just yeah. after or whatever but i was like oh you know what I'll, I'll give it a look because obviously different you know there's a, a lot more free time and everything i really really enjoyed that so getting to see something else an older property get brought into you know the the 21st century by a, a writer who we both like very excited for that and, and that's the thing with with he-man right is i believe that was spearheaded by um kevin smith Kevin Smith, right? Who is someone who probably watched the shit out of it and loved it as a kid, right? And he's gone on to do great things and he's been able to, you know, go on, you know, to, to like have this ability to write these comics. I, I'm, I'm sure as shit, Declan Shelley, because I believe he's around my age, uh, probably watched Undercats as a kid and said, I got to write this fucking comic and it's going to be, you know, he's going to kick ass at it. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited. Some other major announcements. The one that grabbed the most headlines for sure was the the, the news centered around Scott Snyder and a one Tom Hardy. So we've seen this quite a bit where celebrities get into the comic book game. They they end up writing it with a co-writer. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Tom Hardy and Scott Snyder, that is an impressive pairing for sure. Um, their, their comic is called uh, Arcbound. The publisher we don't know who that is just yet, but a quick, the synopsis is a little bit long, at least what came out in the Hollywood Reporter, um, but just, you know, the first sentence, the formidable corporatocracy, Xenotech, harnesses the unmatched energy of Chromium to assert its dominion across the stars. Um, and there's a lot more to it, but you actually have called dibs on this, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I, it was It was a snake move. I did, but you know, sometimes you got to get, you got, you got to get down the trenches. You got to get a little dirty. Uh, This will be interesting. You know, we'll, we'll, I mean, Scott Snyder, he's a, he's a great writer, but I think he's a great, he's a great mentor too, right? He's mentored a lot of the great writers that we have now. And I think when working with a celebrity, you know, like Tom Hardy, I think, you know, he'll be a great mentor to him. And I think we'll hear, I think we'll hear a lot more of Tom Hardy's voice in this comic than we did say Keanu Reeves voice in, uh, uh, you know, berserker, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is very interesting, and it'll, it, it, it'll be it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. I've got to imagine it's probably going to be Dark Horse Distillery, Comicsology, perhaps, or IDW. <laughs> that you know, because those are the the, the big yeah. those are the studios that Snyder is you know affiliated with mostly. You know, right now, These I mean, Image of yeah. course as well. But you know, it'll be interesting to see you know how that goes uh distillery yeah. i think would be like that would be kind of big for that so that would be huge for distillery and i would think from like if he's trying to do it from like help the industry standpoint distillery's probably the way to go but yeah. at the same time i do think that he's in a position to have a bidding war um i don't yeah. know how high some of these companies can go but i got to imagine that first issue is going to sell like hotcakes man like that's yeah. going to be a, a big one so um I, i'm excited and look in the end we've seen it where celebrities come into the mix is you know keanu reeves is not the only one and um it's it's 
Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's it's fine. Sometimes it's not great. Um, so it's kind of been a mixed bag. But when we see someone like Scott attached to it, obviously you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable. We also saw a friend of the show, another friend of the show, Kyle Higgins, is attached to Kid Cudi. Uh, they, he has co-written uh, a comic with Kyle called Moon Man. We already know that one is going to be coming out with Image uh, Comics. I'll be checking this one out. This is not in the massive verse from the looks of it, but still, still going to give this one a look. Um, but not calling dibs on it necessarily because I'm just not sure exactly what to expect with this one. Um, do you have any and then, yeah, yeah, we got one last. It's something that we probably should have mentioned last week, and mm -hmm. I don't know why uh, it, it wasn't on League of Comic, uh, you know, League of Comic Geeks on their, you know, what's new this week. But um, speaking of Scott Snyder, you know, and his work with, you know, Comicsology, um, he wrote a book with his son Jack called oh, yeah. uh, By a Thread. Uh, so if you have a Comixology account, if you're a member, it's free. You can go download it. If not, you know you can you can go give it a check digitally. I I just downloaded it because I just remembered it, so I'm gonna give that a read and and, and see. I believe um, uh, oh, who else did this with their kid? The dude that was writing Spider Man. Oh, the, the one you well the one you just uh, the one you just read the other day. Uh, well, yeah, the, yeah, uh, he, you know his daughter with his daughter um, Ethan Sachs. Uh, that was. Night, or um, let me see. Let's scroll title? through here. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. second. Image, I, image, image. A haunted girl. There you right. go. Yeah, excellent. Uh, no, what? Who's the Who's the guy that directed? Uh, who Who directed the fucking first oh, the last Star Wars movie? Um, um. Oh wow, this is. He did bad. the Star Trek movies. Who's the fucking director? J.J. Abrams. There you go. Yes, yes. He, I, he, I remember he did a Spider-Man book with this kid, which it was, which was actually half decent. So there's there's potential here, but. Uh, that's it for like comic related news. It was a fucking. It, I couldn't even keep up with half of the fucking New York Comic Con uh, news. It, but Twitter was just, uh, you know, flooded with stuff. So much dropped this week. But those were some of our favorite highlights. Yeah. Uh, catching up, Nicholas. Yes, what sir. You got, yeah. So I got a huge stack of stuff that I've been catching up on. I mentioned it last week when we were while we were away. Obviously, caught up on some stuff. Transformers issue one. I got a chance to finally read that. Really, really enjoyed it. Yes, right? very well done. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome stuff. Uh, the Witcher Wild Animals by a friend of the show, Barto Shiver. Yep, fucking yep. fantastic. The yeah. artist on this one is Natalia uh, Rarenka, and uh, great job. Yeah, really, really welcome addition. Uh, Ghost Rider issue 18, which uh, we may talk about that a little bit more later. Sirens of the City issue three, again, something we may talk about more later. Uh, Peacemaker tries hard issue five and six. So that is all done. I, I'm not, I'm like actually correct on it this time. And uh, I've mentioned before, it is a TLDR-worthy book. We did a whole thing on DC Black Label. It finished off being TLDR-worthy, so I will be talking about this as soon as spooky season ends. Um, and then last but not least, Dark X-Men. I meant, I professed my love for Madeline Pryor in, after issue one. And uh, I love, obviously, I love Gambit. Very strong issue for the two of them. Very strong issue in general. I, I feel outstanding about Dark X-Men going forward uh so i've caught up on a lot and there are even a couple other things but i, I don't want to get bogged down because we have a lot of other stuff to get to what about you uh there's a couple of books i definitely forgot to put on here but um a couple of dc books batman city of madness issue one written by uh written and oh, drawn yeah. i believe by christian ward yeah not bad not bad uh some very interesting stuff in there it's a black label book uh so we get some alfred in there which, which was nice so this was a very interesting first issue uh, Batman and Robin, uh, issue two, written by Josh Williamson. Again, I love his his command with Damian Wayne. He just gets the right. character 
perfectly so another another great series and then the hunger and the dusk issue three written by uh g willow wilson again this just continues to be a fucking fantastic uh book if you're a fan of fantasy uh you know and uh you know war you know you know humans orcs that kind of shit you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it uh fantastic stuff g willow wilson kicks ass there's no two ways about it um all right so with that let's get into what's new this week joe take us through marvel okay well real quick we have a couple of trade paperbacks uh, oh yes that i'll i'll just rip through uh real quick so from marvel we have uh wolverine volume six can you believe it that's how fucking deep into Wolverine Benjamin Percy is. Absolutely awesome. love it. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, which I believe was written by Stephanie Phillips. Uh, that trade is out. X-Men Red Volume 3 and the Extreme Venomverse trade paperback is all out from Marvel. Uh, from DC, we have the Deceased box set. This thing looks massive. If you enjoyed that series, this is probably definitely a collector's item you're going to want. Um, and then the Three Jokers. Uh, maybe a hard, uh, hardbound copy, perhaps. I don't know why this is. You know, this was on League of Comic Book Geeks like two years after you know the trade already came out. But hmm. um, notice that on there. Uh, from Image, we have Monarch Volume One, uh, Two Graves Volume One, and Blood Tree Volume One. And then from Dark Horse, there's Hellboy, uh, BRPD, The Secret of Chesborough House. And then speaking of He Man, hmm. we have Masters of the Universe Volume One. Uh, trade so that'll be a great way to catch wow. up on that. It's a lot. That's a lot. It of is. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some I, I left out too, but those are the, those are the real like the media. Yeah, Monarch, ones by the way, from friend of the show Rodney Barnes. I did fall behind on that one, so I may just pick up the trade here, get through all that, and then see if uh, I want to talk about it on here at some point. All right. But what is new for the week of October? I guess 18th. Yes. You know? Uh, you know, when new this this week, right? As, as, as the crow flies from Marvel, we have a thousand fucking books. Uh, we have Moon Knight issue 28, it is uh, Miles Morales Spider Man issue 11, uh, The Incredible Hulk issue 5. Uh, we have Star Wars issue 39. I've been on a massive Star Wars kick, uh, mostly because of Ahsoka, but I also got the um, Lego has been doing the Star Wars like, um um you know uh par- panorama whatever you fucking call it, a diorama sets there you go not panor diorama and i got the fucking uh the, the the scene from return of the jedi where uh you know it's luke versus vader and it's in the emperor's throne room there fucking mm-hmm. awesome it looks really great but anyways yeah, nice um invincible iron man issue 11 uh scarlet witch issued nine children of the vault issue three the sensational She-Hulk issue one, Astonishing Iceman issue three, Avengers Inc. issue two, Crypto Shadows. I meant to read this one, um, didn't get a chance oh, to yeah. Crypto Shadows issue one. That one actually looks I think that's uh a, an anthology or there's yeah. a bunch of there's a bunch of different stories in there uh for some great writers. Uh we have Deadpool uh Batter Blood issue five. We have Spine Tingling Spider-Man issue Ooh. one. Um, Obi-Wan issue two, and then there's two books uh, that we wish to discuss. I'll let you uh, kick things off here with uh, Ghost Rider issue uh, 19. Yeah, I mentioned before that I wanted to talk about this at more length. Again, I had to catch up uh, a little. Just I was one issue behind, written by a friend of the show, Benjamin Percy, and then pencils by Corey Smith and Brent Peoples, who's also one of the anchors, along with Oren Jr. on this issue. And we rave about this book constantly. I did have a moment when I was reading this, and I was like, fucking issue 19 
of yeah. Ghost Rider. Like how? Like I remember when we talked to Benjamin Percy. He's like, I think he said that they he expected to have twelve issues of this, but he yeah. the Ghost Rider usually doesn't go that long. Like th- there's no greater testament to how like how good of a feel he has of this character and how he is as a writer than just alone this being on its nineteenth friggin issue and with I no it. end in sight with no yeah. end in sight no end in sight and i love how people are supporting and people got to be supporting this book because it wouldn't marvel wouldn't keep it going like this if, if they weren't so that's outstanding right now we act the the focus has shifted to talia warroad who is a character that ben has created and really enjoyed her addition to marvel and then just this darker side of marvel and specifically we're now delving a little bit we're crossing into her past a little bit love and it. learning it's the best how, part yeah, learning how she's like, she's she's kind of she's edgy now, but she was like an like a, like a problem back in the day. And this this comes up in in the 18th issue, so this isn't spoiling things. But the cult of Mephisto is at the center of things, and I absolutely love that where we're getting this like this this I mean straight on cult vibe in this story. And then Ghost Rider is kind of someone who obviously is not going to put up with a lot of that, but he's put in an interesting position because of the people that are kind of drawn to. A cult, the cult of Mephisto. So I, I love where Benjamin Percy has taken this story. I love how he's taken his time with Talia Warro too, because this is a character who he introduced and like made made kind of made significant originally, and then things kind of, then once her and, and um, Ghost Rider like officially teamed up, she took a little bit of a backseat. <laughs> And then now we have her at the front again. So like this to me, like that is a great example of how to introduce new characters where, where we're talking about the big two, because that is not an easy thing to do. No. And boy, have they teamed up. Hachi machi. But <laughs> I, I love that, uh, you know, Benjamin Percy has finally, you know, given given us all what we wanted. And that's Mephisto. I mean, how <laughs> how many, you know, uh, D, uh, sorry, uh, DC freaking MCU movies were like, oh, it's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. We're getting Mephisto. There's my <laughs> fucking Mephisto. Now we got Mephisto, baby. Yes, there you this go. Is, this is fucking awesome. He's done a killer job with it. Yeah, he has. Now, a book that I'm very curious that you want to talk about, uh, the second issue of Daredevil, the second issue of the post-Chip Zdarsky, Marco Cicchetto era. So I, um, if you could look up the writer for me, I apologize for not uh, having this written down. But I remember when I discussed the first issue, there was a couple of things at play there, right? One was, uh, you know, I just 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 came off of, uh, you know, a little bit of heartache with the with the original or with 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 my chips run of Daredevil ending. And so uh, maybe I wasn't going in with as much optimism as I should. But I I remember saying I loved the story. I thought it was a really great story, but the the art uh, wasn't necessarily my favorite uh, in that first issue. The art was definitely not an issue this time around. And I don't know if that's just because some time went by and I kind of forgot it, but. I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. I okay. love, I love nice. where the story is going. Uh, thank you. Uh, the writer is uh, Saladin Ahmad with uh, with art by um, you know Aaron Cooter and uh, or Cutter. Um, you know, uh, yeah. if I you know major name naughty, I apologize. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> but this was an excellent issue, um, and I'm in. Nice. Oh, I'm, you're. I'm in. invested. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all invested. You know, is it chips? Daredevil, no, no, nothing will be honestly right. Mm. So I have to, I have to separate the two, and I have to appreciate for 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 what you know, uh, you know, is going on here with with, uh, with Aaron and um, um, Ahmad. 
it's an excellent story and I love it. And so uh, I highly recommend if you're a Daredevil fan, um, jumping on board. Oh, that's okay. Then I'm going to give it a look then because I was waiting to kind of see how you felt about it. I didn't mean I wasn't going to look into it, but I I know you're going to be a little bit stingier. And I will say I did feel a little more confident, I think, than you did. But again, like I, I love Chip's run, but that is a very like personal, like significant, it has great significance to you, greater significance than I could ever have because it brought you back to comics. And that's just something that you can't replicate. Um, right. I did, I did trust that when we had chip on i think it was the second time that we had him on he talked about the process of like finding the new daredevil writer the next daredevil writer and like knowing that he was involved did make me feel a little bit better because it's like you know he's obviously done a good job i trust that he's going to find somebody that is going to do the character justice but at the same time not do the same exact shit that he's been doing and daredevil historically is a very very well-written character yeah, you know, and it's hard to to, to follow in you know in, in those footsteps, and you sure. kind of have to let, you know, the you know the new guy kind of do his thing, right? And uh, but so far, two issues, excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent, awesome. All right, DC. We don't have any books that you and I want to highlight, but we did get Nightwing issue one hundred and seven back this week, which is funny because I feel like uh, I feel like it's been forever since we got an issue of Nightwing. I don't know about you. Um, yeah. Then we got Batman Superman World's Finest issue 20, Superman issue 7, which you are reading, Titans issue 4, Catwoman 58, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong issue 1. I meant to try and check this out. It's tough because I can't read it on my iPad. I, I do not like reading comics on my, my laptop. Like I, I used to do it when I didn't have an iPad. I, I've been spoiled for damn sure. Um, let's see. You're, uh, let's, we got White Knight Generations issue 6. Uh, Jay Garrick, The Flash, Issue 1, Hawk Girl, Issue 4, Green Lantern Journal, Issue 2, City Boy, Issue 5, Cyborg, Issue 4, Holly Qu- Hurley Quinn. Oh, geez, that was a little, little boss. Hurley. We're all, all Hurley Quinn. Is that, is that what it sounded like? I didn't know if I was okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You ever hear about that, Hurley Hur- Quinn? Hurley oh, Quinn. she's one sassy lady, isn't she? Ooh, mama. Uh, Hurley Quinn. Black, white, and redder. Issue four, Nightmare Country, which may come up later. The Glass House, issue five, and Fables, issue one sixty, which then brings us to Image Joe. Okay, so I gotta, I, I gotta put my Texas hat off. You know, get my okay. cowboy. Were you wearing your cowboy boots when you said Harley Quinn? There, is that where you got? Your, your... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you gotta get yourself uh, a pair. They they they, they add dude, up. There right. ain't no way I'm getting these Hobbit triple E with feet into a pair of fucking cowboy. There's not enough canola oil in the world that can help me slip into those son bitches. They'll make you taller. Yeah, they'll make me taller. They'll also break my fucking feet. <laughs> um, from Image Comics, we have Tenement issue five. Oh man, I so wish that this arc had ended in time for me to talk about it during spooky season uh, because it may or may not. I, I just, I need to see how it ends. I could ah. easily talk about it right now um, on the show. It's, it's that good, but I really need to know how it ends. This is uh, Jeff Lemire and um, Andrea Sorrentino, uh, you know, the born, the, the, the bone orchard uh, mythos there, but this was such a, it's been such a good series, but this was a great, um, great issue. Uh, we have time before time issue 28. Swan Songs issue four, <clears throat> The Forged issue five, Hexagon Bridge issue two, Click Click Boom issue five, 
heck slash back to school issue one. I believe that's written by Tim Seeley. Um, <clears throat> in Hell We Fight issue five, Scrapper issue four, Tales of Suspense, Sis Spence issue three, Junior Baker, The Righteous Faker issue two. And then we have uh, yeah, a cup of two tree, cup of two tree uh, books we want to talk about. Nick, why don't you um, lead us off here? Before we do that, I okay. I may have called if that hack slash back to school thing is Tim Seeley. I may have called dibs on that Maybe. one. I didn't read it, so I gotta look. I'll I'll make sure I look into that because I, I may have called dibs just to like because you you get you get so quick on the trigger. And I know you're in a big Tim Seeley. Oh, that, thanks, Megan. I may have done that uh, out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that your wife does shit to you out of spite? No, you, you see, you called me quick to the, quick on the trigger. Oh, geez. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. There we go. Anyways, uh, it's way, nice way to, to get the joke, Nicholas. Uh, no, I just, sorry. No, I just, I guess I just, you know what? I'm not, I'm not used to that kind of uh, terminology being thrown around. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. So I'm going to start things off with Kill Your Darlings issue two and obviously we've had uh the creative team on the show or at least i welcomed the creative team whoa on whoa, whoa 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 hey whoa, whoa. i joe yeah, sorry, i'm just telling, no i'm just no i'm just telling you if we have them on again they may not want you they had a lot of negative things to say about you when we did uh yeah them. well well yeah i um yeah no i would say whoa whoa to something else but oh, oh okay but uh ethan s parker and griffin sheridan are the co-writers on that robert quinn is the artist and then john j hill is the uh, letterer and designer of this series. And with this one, I, it picks up right where we left off in terms of the the craziness, but there is a time jump in the second issue of Kill Your Darlings. And again, yeah. I, I knew, I, I had a, I, I didn't know. I had a very strong feeling this was going to be a can't miss series. The first issue, I was proven right. The second issue, again, proved that I am right in this because this is this gets dark. The, the end of the first issue is dark and like, Kind of, it's, it's fucked up. I mean, there's no other way to put that it. image. That I, 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 and I'm so mad. I, I, I just couldn't do the interview because mm -hmm. there's there's one panel at the end of the first issue, and, I, and we talked about you know with, with just the artist did such an incredible job. There was no words on this panel because the panel preceding it, you just see a bunch of like shocked faces, mm -hmm. and then you get this one image, and it is forever etched in my fucking brain. It. it this is, you know, this is hyperbole, but like I fucking mean it. It might be one of my favorite comic panels, period, of just the the, the reveal um, of what's implied uh, with everything that sort of led up to it. And just this image that you get, it was just like it was a perfect fucking panel. It was yep. excellent. And it told so much without saying a, a fucking word. It yep. was brilliant. Thousand percent. It was it it was it was freaking outstanding. And I will say too, as much as I'm over here taking a victory lap, and you have since read it, I lost my dibs on it because you know having a guest on the show takes precedent over dibs. Uh, you were right in some capacity that like you were like I you know I don't know like I, I have a daughter who it feels like she's of this age, and I, I when I read the the end of that issue, I was like, yeah, Joe was pretty spot on. Like I don't blame him for for feeling this way because. If that happened, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, but this like so that's dark and twisted at the end of that issue. But we get a kind of different, different type of dark throughout the majority of this issue, and then things get kind of like 
wild and crazy in the course of the issue. And it's kind of yeah. adds a little bit of comedy to it. And uh, I got to talk to the guys about that when, when I had them on the show. Really enjoyed that conversation in general. Highly recommend listening to that. Again, only on our audio channels if you want to go check that out. Um, but I, I, where things leave off, it's it's a different different ending from the first one, which is a good thing. And I'm just very excited going into this, this third issue. As opposed to last time where I was like, fuck. Now it's like, okay, let's get this shit going. All right. Yeah, the beginning to this issue too, where uh, you know I don't want to spoil anything, but you know where where the main character she's um, where she's at, very similar vibe to a haunted girl, and mm. and the beginning of that story too, right? So, okay. um, you know, just sort of that, just it's dark, it it it's heavy, it's just great storytelling, is it, it, yeah. what it is, and so excellent excellent issue on that note to the last thing that i wanted to say like this this issue is a lot there's a lot there's a lot of character development just like in the first issue like and that's the thing that's kind of blown my mind the most about the first two issues of kill your darlings it's so much about character in these first two issues that it's not really until the end of the second one where it's like okay like now we like now we know the direction we're going in with the plot. yeah they haven't like laid breadcrumbs for the plot moving forward they absolutely have but like it's so much just about developing rose and i am so invested in this character so these first two issues have been like it has been absolutely outstanding i, I again i love this series cannot wait like I, I, we, we read this in advance so i've been sitting on talking about this like at, at length for a while now so I, you know we have to wait a little longer for issue three than everybody else and it is a little frustrating yeah but it's fantastic a thousand no about that now there's another book that we both read that we can talk about and there's one that you just that you've read solo which one do you uh, want to dig into let me read solo and then we'll, we'll finish up with the one um that um we, we both, both read, read. Okay, so cool. local man is back i talked about local man on this several uh several mainline issues ago um tim seeley and uh tony fleeks and just how great of a series this has been and so it i wasn't I, I mean, I was fairly confident at the time. I'm okay, it's, it's got to come back, you know, because the way they sort of ended it, it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but I wasn't entirely sure, but it, it it's back, baby. And it picks up right where the last issue um, ended. And I'm not going to get a whole lot into it because a lot happens in this issue, but it's fucking excellent. And I love the fact that Crossjack is, you know, even though he's helped the town and, 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 and saved a bunch of people's lives, people still fucking hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that because he's, you know, he's because he, he's just like, all right, he fucked up. You, you get a little bit more about, you know, what it, what it was that he did to sort of get kicked out of third gen, the the, the superhero group he was in. Um, but it's like I feel it's like at the same time, it's like this is a dude. He just wants to do the right thing. And everyone's constantly fucking shitting on him. Is he a perfect guy still? No. But uh, this is a great superhero book without being like you're prototypical superhero book hmm. um there's a lot of you know personal you know like a lot of human elements to it and it's just celian fleeks fucking nail it so uh if you haven't been reading local man i highly suggest go out grab the the the, the volume one it is out get caught up uh, go to your local comic book shop right uh you, you know put it on your pull list get get caught up keep reading it because it's it's fantastic this is one of the books that I had FOMO about. Like this, along with World Tree, those are the two books that in this year that you called dibs on that I was like bothered that I wasn't able to read these two things. It felt like they both like had like were having a moment. And because of spooky season, I actually tried. It was hope, Local Man was on my 
I want to say short list, but that's not entirely true. My short list of books for uh, while, while I was on my honeymoon, but I want to try and read a few others to have stuff in the hopper. Um, didn't get a chance to look at it yet, but once spooky season ends, that's going to be moving up on my list of things that I want to try and binge through because, again, like this just sounds it, – it's a, it sounds like an awesome series. And you, you did it justice when you – at least I believe you did when uh, when you talked about it on the show. We'll find out once I read it. Yeah, um, yeah. If I let you down yet, come on, son. Come no, on. you have not let me down yet. Uh, you know what else hasn't let us down yet? Rogue Sun, issue 16. Rogue Sun is back. It feels like it's been away for a little while um, a lot of a lot of the massive verse is 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 bit away we got i think last week we got was it last week or the week before we got dead lucky yep um but it's we haven't had a, no one we haven't had a red we haven't had a no one in a little bit we haven't had radiant black in a little bit um so there's been a little bit of you know it, it books books take pauses it happens yep life happens we get it we yep. understand but yep. man I'm I can't oh, I'm yes. so fucking pumped that Rogue Sun is back. This was a killer fucking issue. Yeah, this the, Rogue Sun 16 absolutely kicked ass. So obviously Ryan Parrott, friend of the show, has done an outstanding job with this series. And Abel has been with him uh throughout the majority of this. And then Marco Rena is also an artist in this issue. And we talk about the colors of this, and, I, and again, I believe Natalia Marks has been the colorist throughout the majority of the series, if not every issue. Um, uh, but like this is another issue where she like is running wild and there's a lot of like fire in the course. Yes. And the way she like, and that's obviously that's kind of important for rogue son, but in a lot of action sequences that don't necessarily involve a rogue son, uh, she does. And, and like, she does an awesome job here, but, and again, there's like, there's so much action in this issue. And I don't ever feel like we get shorted on that with rogue son. I feel like we always get a, like a decent, like our fix, of action in some capacity, but this is one of those issues where there's a lot of fucking action going on. And we got a lot in, in Rogue Sun 15 as well, because there's a, uh, a, some major developments there, or maybe it was Rogue Sun 14, but either way, the, the, we get uh, some information on the big cliffhanger that we had last issue and just all yeah. around like a very satisfying issue of Rogue Sun, which again, no surprise. I don't, I feel like we've said that every time other than when you got the confundish charm thrown on, you know, <laughs> banned on TikTok. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that one got me. Uh, you know, but I'm an old, and, and my brain is Swiss cheese. Uh, but <laughs> what you mentioned the colors. I mean, ask. sorry, <laughs> who said that? Right? The way you know the the just just we talk about it all the time. Like character design is so important, and and the suits, of, you know, the different rogue suns, but the colors just fucking pop. But one thing that has become abundantly clear, right, is that and and pun. Not intended, but intended. But Rogue Sun has a fucking amazing rogues gallery, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Right. You Agreed. know the, 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 the baddies that that Ryan has given us, uh, you know, throughout this series. You know, have really, especially where we are now. You know, with the story uh, and, and where it's going, it's been tremendous. So, fucking again, I, I can't, I can't say this enough, people. If you haven't read the book. What the fuck are you waiting for? We talk about it every month when it comes out. You got to go fucking read it. Go yep. get the trades. Get caught up. Add it to your pull list. Like, never. I can never, ever, ever, ever emphasize that enough. This is this is just a really fucking good comic book. And, and to that end, too, I do. Like, this is one of those books where, again, I like, this is one of my favorite ongoing books, period. But when you talk about um, 
like we talk about like with comics, like obviously we want good stories, but also we're there for the art just as much. And when we get cool designs for characters, I mean, that sometimes is enough to bring you in. Like, I, it, like, okay, I know certain creators are on the series. I'm going to check it out. I think as we've gotten older, that's definitely been something that you and I have kind of taken to more, but at the same time still now, and especially when I was younger, like it's, Oh, I see a cool character. I want to like a cool look. I want to check this out. What the hell is this shit that's going on? And I, and I still want that. Like I still need that fix in some capacity. There are some stories where it's it's not as important. Um, it's all about the story. But Rogue Son, we get a great story. And then Ryan and Abel have been putting together some amazing designs for these characters. And like you said, like it's an awesome, it's not just a cool rogues gallery in the sense of like these are interesting characters with back backstories that have potential. Like every single one of them looks really freaking cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. A lot it's of guys amazing. with slick back hair. You know? Yeah. Real pieces of shit. Um, uh, you know, uh, sloppy steaks at Trafani's on a Friday night or Tuesday night, whatever it is. Anyways, um, AWA, let's move over there. We got Rumpus Room issue two. We haven't had a chance to give this a look, but we absolutely loved the first issue of that. So definitely something that we're both going to be looking forward to checking out. Um, from Boom, we got quite a few books that you and I are reading. Um, Coda. Issue two is the only one that you and I have not checked out, but I do believe that's from friend of the show, Cy Spurrier, who, by the way, oh my God, I didn't mention that from Comic-Con news. I, I can't believe I forgot to jot this down. He's getting a, a Hellblazer miniseries. So no, like, yes, fuck, I even missed that. Yeah, I am so freaking excited. So it looks like that's coming out early next year. I'm telling everybody right now, like I'm going to try, I want to try and get Cy back on to talk about that because I really, really enjoyed um, his first one. I have not done, I've only done the one Hellblazer story on here, but with legacy characters, it's, we try to we try not to go back to that well too often, but man, like he like that was like for a time where Constantine or honestly, Joe, the correct way to say it, as I've listened, I've recently heard from a, another editor, it's Constantine. I'm just saying, um, I may need to adapt that. I know you're gonna hate that. Um, Are you gonna go to the store and buy some cats up? Anyways, um, he like he like for a time he was treated more like you're gonna pronounce it basil character. instead of basil. Well, Basil of Baker Street, just saying. <laughs> Anyways, the Great Mouse Detective. Great, I love that movie. Anyways, Tremendous. yeah, Radigan used to scare the fuck out of me as a kid, and like those. Yeah, Swaggin's not a fan. <laughs> oh, I don't blame him. I'm right there with you, Vi. But anyways, um, I, look, he he just really turned like, brought, turned back the clock with Constantine, and he's the dark, dingy um character and, and just a real a hole in that series. So I'm very excited. I would love to to pick size brain about how he's approaching this mini series. Very excited to have him with that character again. But anyways, um so from boom Coda issue two, Wild's End issue five. I did read issue four. Haven't finished issue five. That was the last book I was reading, but I've had fun with this series. I don't think it's necessarily TLDR worthy, but it's been like a, a solid fun read. I think it's something that you could give to like a, a um like a young adult reader and they and they might enjoy it. Um, I just think like it, but I don't think it's this, this thing where I'm like, you absolutely have to read it, but I'm definitely seeing this through without any issues. Um, then we got Grim Grim issue 14, which I am all caught up on. The cover for this week is oh. is outstanding, and the story is also uh freaking awesome. Grim 13 was fucked up, man. That yeah. was that was some really good shit. Uh Dune, House Harkonnen issue 10. And then the last one is Sirens of the City, issue 14, which is a book that I have dibs on right now, written by Joanne Starr uh, and illustrated by Carrie Randolph with letters by And World Design. Excellent. And, yes. 
Excellent. I, I know, I know. But we're not having that same issue here uh, with Sirens of the City. And again, I've mentioned how the use of I, I, talking about color more and more as uh, as we, you know, over these the past, like over this year, I would say. But this is different from other stuff where this is a black and white story. And then we have a certain color that's associated with a certain type of of like um mystical being like we have sirens where it's blue that's associated we have characters that get red some characters that get green and now purple has been thrown into the mix and this happened in this the, this character got introduced in the third issue uh but again in the fourth issue we see this character again and it's a lot about her and it is uh the mom of our main character and oh my god she is uh She's a pretty significant individual in the course of history, and she's also oh, she's 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 very evil. Very like, and she's the my kind of evil too, where like she like is very uh, casual about it, very comfortable with it, not trying like not not um, like flaunting it, but also not shying away from the fact that like I am what I am. Like if you don't like it, then. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do about it. Uh, so this has been, this is another, like, I, I, this is a book that I had to catch up on. So I did read issue three and then four right back to back. Um, but I, I, this is a TLDR worthy book. I'm very excited to talk about it. Obviously, Kara Randolph is an artist who I've talked about on here quite, quite, whenever I get the chance to talk about Kara Randolph, I do really enjoy his work. And uh, this series is, is a, obviously no exception to that. Absolutely love that. I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Quizzle. Oh. Quiz, checking in from Germany, my guy. Oh, oh wow! To the chat, brother. It's I am uh, eleven twenty three. Hello, uh, hello, mate. Uh, oh, yeah, quiz. Wow. Love Look at quiz. that. I heard. I I saw that we we had listeners in Germany, but I didn't uh, actually. I just assumed it was Hasselhoff, but uh, <laughs> I guess it's quiz. Okay, uh, nice. So, <laughs> right. So, oh, fuck. We get we we are we, we are well behind tonight. So, uh, from Dark Horse, uh, we have a few books here. We have the alternates issue two. Cyberpunk 2077 XOXO issue one, Headless Horseman Halloween annual uh, issue one, and then we have a new book, mm. uh, a number one from uh, Matt Kint, and oh, this my- is subgenre issue one. And so, I've talked about uh, on the show way, 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 way back when, like year one ish, right of uh, of TLDR, bang. And it was sort of this, you know, meta, heady, you know, spy thriller. And 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 Matt Kent, what what I love about his writing and, and, and a lot of these books is that they're all sort of they seem like they're all sort of in the same universe, right? And he has this great way of breaking different walls and different barriers with his characters. And and like Bang was really meta because it was like the story within a story, and you had sort of like this this narrator you know uh telling the story and then they meet it was like it was really meta and it was it was awesome and he did that with folklords and another book of his revolver which i haven't read yet but i plan on so this was no different this was an excellent first issue sci-fi you know you've got this character sort of in the future he's a detective um and there's a lot of great easter eggs in the art where you see like the character he's reading bang Right, mm-hmm. he's reading the book oh, Bang, that's awesome. and, and so it's again, it's another story that sort of you know, the plot revolves around these rare books and this detective who's you're trying to solve this 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 uh, you know triple homicide and shit goes off the rails real fast. And you know, I love a good detective story, and mm-hmm. the wrench that gets thrown at the you know thrown in at the end of the first issue, like again, we talk about it all the time. 
first issue's job is to sink its teeth into you and to get you to want to get that second issue now. And this absolutely does it. This is like, this is so Matt Kent, you know, it hurts and I love it. I'm here for it. So subgenre issue one, you know, if you're listening to this, go, you know, you haven't hit your local comic book shop. If you see it, grab it. Definitely worth a read. So uh, good. Full disclosure, because I'm always honest with you. I wanted, to, I meant to check this out like first among things, and I just got excited by some of the other things. And I just didn't get the, and it fell behind on me. Uh, fell by the wayside, I should say. And I, because I was going to try and steal dibs on you, because I saw Kint, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good, and Joe's going to want this. But yeah, I, I missed that. I read it in dibs. And that's that's my yeah, own fault. My- yeah, it, happens. Hey, it happens. It happens. It happens. Uh, yep, something. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. So we got. I'm going to roll through these real quick so you can get set for your uh, book that you want to talk about at length today. So from Skybound, we got Walking Dead Deluxe issue 74. Titan. Uh, we have Rivers of London. Here be Dragons issue four and Robotech Rick Hunter issue two. From Dynamite, we got Gargoyles Halloween issue one and Red Sonia issue four. From Top Cow, we got Antarctica issue four, which Joe is reading. From Comicsology, we got Duck and Cover issue two. I think the last of the Snyder, um, the Scott Tober books from uh, Comicsology, which finally Joe- at the first issue came out like six months ago. Right, and then Joe is on that one. Then we got Malar World. Uh, we got Big Game issue four. We don't get uh, review copies for Malar World stuff, so uh, we're gonna have to wait like everybody else to pick that up on Wednesday. <laughs> Very excited for that though. And then from IDW, we got TMNT issue one forty four. Beneath the trees where nobody sees issue one. Dark spaces, good deeds issue five. TMNT best of Bebop. My Little Pony. Black, white, and blue issue one. That's interesting. That sounds like a bruise. Um, and so that that's it for IW. And as everybody knows, the last title we talk about in mainline usually means that is the company that Joe was going to be talking about today. Uh, is that the case, my friend? That is the case. A quiz, yes. Fryer did get married. He'll tell you every fucking three seconds. Uh, you know, but he won't tell you that. You know, he should thank me for it because uh, you know I was really the. You know, I really spearheaded the whole thing. Thanks. You know? It says quiz, by the way, not quiz. You illiterate. I said fuck. quiz. You said quiz. We're gonna oh. play this back. I'm gonna make. Okay. I'm making this. This is bullshit. Okay, uh, <laughs> Harley Quinn. <laughs> well, I'm playing, I'm playing. All right, all right, we're even. Okay. All right, so here we are, 50 minutes in, and we're just getting to where fucking. <laughs> I called you an illiterate fuck you just threw it in my face. That was well done, sir. I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> if I had a hat, I'd tip my cap to you. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Oh. So we have Road of Bones from IDW. And this is written by uh, Rich. Uh, if I, I, I And I apologize, Rich, if I butcher your last name. But Richard, by Rich uh, Doick, uh, with artist by Alex Cormack, who we've talked about a lot on the show, especially his work with John Lee's. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Stink and uh, Crimson Cage. Uh, the letterer is Justin Birch. So these three, uh, they have worked together on numerous books. Uh, Road of Bones, which I'm talking about uh, today. Uh, sea of Sorrows, uh, which I read. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Another great uh, spooky book. And then Breath of Shadows, uh, or Breath of Sounds, sorry, which is another book that I've read 
Uh, and then they have a new one coming out. I think Drive Like Hell is the title, and that's actually coming out from uh, from uh, from Dark Horse. But today we're here to talk about Rhoda Bones and, and and the great trio that these make when it comes to writing uh, horror books. Uh, so uh, synopsis: <clears throat> In 1953, the Siberian Gulag of Kolomá is hell on earth, which is why Roman Morozov leaps at the chance to escape it. But even if they make it out, Roman and his fellow escapees still have hundreds of miles of frozen tundra between them and freedom. With the help of mysterious beings straight out of his childhood fairy tale stories, Roman just might make it, or is he being, uh, or is the being simply a manifestation of his brutal circumstances driving him insane? Um, so right from the right from the rip, right? It's just. If you're familiar with Alex Cormack and his art, it is grisly. It is vicious. He's got this raw sort of sketchiness to it, which I think just works perfectly when it comes to telling a horror story because, you know, you, you, you're, you're creeped out by it. Right. And that, and that's its job. Right. And that's, that's Alex's job is to, is to, to sort of bring this horrifying world, you know, to life. So it's a real quick read. It's four issues. Um, and, absolutely absolutely excellent and so like i said these guys are just a tremendous horror team uh so you know, the story as it says in the synopsis is sort of taking place in the middle of winter you know in russia and and what's going on is you have the sort of the the russian military is responsible for building this road from this small connecting this small sort of russian town um Kolima to sort of main you know main civilization of Russia and the title of the book Road of Bones uh means just that so as they're building this road and what's great about this too is at the end of the uh, at the end of the series you know uh Rich uh, Doak sort of pens sort of like the origins of like how we came up with this um story and it's not like this is based on this is like 100% based on uh something that really happened but like parts of it are true like the road of bones as they're building this road these you know the, the people building the road are prisoners right during during the gulag during this prison camp if they died well the ground was too fucking hard for them to dig up a shallow grave so they would literally just bury the people in the road that they were working and just build the road right over them right so right off the uh, bat right. like you've got this visualization and and you know you see it right you see a you see a, a prisoner mouthing off to a guard bam dead throw him in the road guys keep going right so you get that you get that right off the rip um but as you would imagine right you think of the gulag you think of you know you know middle of the you know 20th century russia just you think of it's just fucking it's a wasteland right and the conditions are not great and you know Food is scarce, right? You've got a, a very distinct hierarchy between, you know, the military and the prisoners, and the prisoners are treated less than shit. Um, and and that really, really comes to life with, with, with Alex's art. But behind that, what's being told is this great story, you know, by, by Rich Duick, where you've got, you know, you sort of introduce this one character who uh, he's he's a prisoner and he's a prisoner because he told a joke and uh, about Stalin. Oh, 
and someone ran him out and he got sentenced to 20 years right and he's working in the kitchen and so like he gets he gets busted for for stealing some food right taking a little extra food you don't know you know you're assuming it's for him but when you find out what it's really for that's where the story really takes a a, a great little turn but he gets like an extra 20 years added to a sentence and he gets his shit kicked out about the same time so what what's happening what's unfolding in this first issue is you've got this torturous sort of labor camp right building this road in these miserable conditions of course people are going to want to escape and so we're introduced to i'm going to just sort of name these characters i'm not really going to go into them because I really don't want to give anything away. Okay. Um, but the three main characters in the story are Roman, uh, Grigori, and, and Sergei. And and Grigori is, uh, you know, we get introduced to him. He's sort of the mastermind behind this escape. Uh, you learn that he's sort of his f- a former gangster. He's very ruthless. He's very uh, terrifying looking. And sort of he uh, and his buddy Sergei pick Roman out because they, they see someone, okay, maybe this guy you know, can help us, you know, while we're out there. Um, and so they sort of plan this escape. And so the story really revolves around once these guys make this escape, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they've, you know, they're they're running out of, you know, they don't have a lot of food to begin with. And, you know, what is Grigori really up to? Does he have a plan? Is he, is he sort of, you know, is there this false sense of hope that he's uh, telling these guys for whatever his motives may be? Um, but you also learn a lot about Roman, right? And he's, he's, there's, there's something very, very, um, odd with Roman and sort of why he's been stealing food and sort of, we, we, we get some great, some great horror elements to this. I think the suspense, right. I think one of the great things, one of the, when people are writing great stories, they're able to create suspense without there being actual violence or, you know, you know, things of that nature. Like you don't need things to scare you, but you can, you can, you can set things up where like the characters are constantly in peril, you know, mm-hmm. what's around the corner, right? It, it, there's a lot of that suspense built into that, nice. but then we also get those, extra things that sort of elevate horror stories whether it's a a supernatural being or it's a a bloodthirsty lunatic or or whatever the cause may be so when we start to learn some of the motives and 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 you can kind of pick up you know just exactly why gregory um had singled out roman to be part of this sort of escape plan is excellent Ooh, right And, and then and then the turn that happens in the third issue uh it's vicious and it's fantastic so this this is a really great horror story again it's a quick read um but the this this team just knows how to tell a great story visually you know through you know through the the colors through the line art through the storytelling all of it um absolutely fantastic and i highly recommend reading the follow-up story which is not related it's not like this these are all like in the same universe, it's just the same team writing these sort of three awesome independent horror stories: is okay. Sea of Sorrows, and then um, uh, you know Breath of Sounds. Right, just they're all excellent in their own way, and they all have different color palettes too, which is excellent. Right, Road of Bones. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of white because they're in the the tundra. Right, a lot of white, a lot of red. Right, uh, Sea of Sorrows because it's taken out in place in open sea. It's very dark, right? It's inky, it's murky, 
and then Breath of Sounds revolves around sort of this, you know, this rock group, psychedelic. It's very vibrant with its its you know colors. You want to think of like you know late sixties, you know, hippie movement kind of you know colors. Is that uh, is that last one? Is that last one a horror as well? Yeah, they're all horror, they're and they're all, all they're, they're all excellent. Okay. So like. If you want a good spooky book to read for Halloween, I would recommend reading starting with Road of Bones. And then you're immediately you could read all three of these series really in one sitting because they're all like this was four issues. I think they go up to five and six or maybe they, they're both capped at five. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they read quick because they're excellent. Uh, so I highly, I highly, highly, highly recommend this for a, a spooky season comic to read. Just hearing you break it down, it sounds like such a concise, like fast moving story. And I understand. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no fat. It's just, you know. Yeah. And it, that's, that, that's impressive. Like, and, and, and because of that, like, I, look, generally when we talk about it, we have an idea. Like, if it's a limited series, like, okay, yeah, maybe it can get turned into a movie. Sometimes there are certain stories that, like, stretch out that can get turned into a movie. But even then, maybe they're better off as a show. Like, this sounds like it's a movie. Like, 100 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just All like, I'm not, no, like, not even like I'm asking you, like, this, like, this sounds like a movie pitch yeah. to me, the yeah. way you're talking about it. It's insane. All three of these, I think, would make excellent movies, mm. right? Nice, tight movies, you know, um, and and each one just gets a little more wild than the next, you know, especially when it comes to some of the the, the, the supernatural elements of things. Uh, breath of breath of, um, I think I call it breath of uh, it breath of sounds. Uh, I always want to call it breath of shadows, and maybe that's what it is. I I always I'm old. Mm-hmm. Bear with yeah. me, um, but that one gets like. Yeah, that one gets real. It's all gets real vicious. It's nice. Like they're all they're all excellent books. But I would definitely start with Rhoda Bones. Get a, get a feel for for this creative team, and then you'll you'll be in. Yeah, well, we have a feel for for Alex Cormick stuff, and yeah. we've talked about Doak on here before. Um, I think we need to get we need to get Doak on just to make sure we get his last name right. And then yeah. Cormick, we've talked about him a lot on this show. I mean, at some point, because I mean, he's a He's a New Hampshire guy, right? If I'm not mistaken. He's a New England guy. I think yeah. uh I think uh Rich Keefe of the Rich Keefe project and the Dork podcast. Uh you know, fr- uh, who is it? Uncle Buck? I think yeah, he's I think like Uncle a- Buck's uh brother-in-law or something like that. You something know, or- like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll have to we'll have so. to find a way to, to make that happen because uh, he doesn't like this a lot. I mean, just enough just to talk about sync and like how, how depraved his mind is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got to check out Road of Bones. Like this is uh, this sounds freaking outstanding. Yeah. Um, now for me, like I mentioned earlier, we have something interesting going on today. Something that doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. You um, can talk about this book. Yeah. I'll be I'll be, I'll be uh, back in ten. Joe did himself in. I don't. I can't believe. I forget. You put these images on Instagram that you put together, right? Yeah. 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 So if you guys go to our Instagram, TLDR underscore pod, Joe, like there's a specific reason that Joe stopped reading the book that I'm talking about today. And yet he basically like picks as, as vicious of an image related to that issue to, to like, and then puts it on Instagram. Like you had to look at this as you were designing this thing. I know yep. like, the format, but shit, man. So I couldn't believe it when you texted me this thing. So I am talking about Sandman universe nightmare country. Now there's a lot of stuff that we've gotten from the Sandman universe. We mentioned earlier, there's still stuff coming out from Sandman universe from DC black label. And that is awesome. Obviously the Sandman show was freaking outstanding. Sandman in general is just, is a legendary character that Neil Gaiman developed at, at DC. And obviously there was another 
character by the name of Sandman who's popping up in DC right now, but that's not the same Sandman. But um, the book that we're talking about today came out in 2022. It was a six-issue run. Again, Black Label, the trade is out now. It came out earlier in the year. And what why Joe had dibs on it originally is, of course, because it's James Tyne in the fourth, which Joe is nine times out of ten getting dibs on a James Tyne in the fourth book. The uh, the the 10th time is when I'm actually fucking paying attention. Uh, <laughs> Bravo. The, you finally grew some nuts. The artist is Lissandro Estherin. And we do have guest stars, which I will mention those to make sure we give them all credit. Um, and then the colorer is or colorist is Patricio uh, Del Pecci with letters by Simon Boland. But I think it's safe to say that the artist and colorist on this are the reason why you stopped reading this book, Joe? Would you care to explain and put it in your own words? Yeah, it, I, I, uh, uh, mm, mm. Nick, for those watching, if you were to get out of the way for a moment, you know, stand up, move your chair, right? I want people to see this. I, I would also highly suggest going to the Instagram page and checking it out. But you see this right behind Nicholas here. I don't know who this character is. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, I don't, I've never read Sam. You didn't right? watch the so. show though? Uh, do you think I'm gonna watch the fucking show if I couldn't read the goddamn comic book? That's fair. Um, I will watch the show, but anyways, really good. Um, this dude's got mouth for eyes on top of having a regular mouth. I could, I got two pages into this comic book and I said, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. Was there like a really like large, obese, disgusting character in that first issue too? Yes. Uh, Who yeah. also had so 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 now I'll yeah. get into my stuff. Can't um, do it. Can't fucking do it. So um, a couple, again, making sure that we get all the credits correctly and everything in this. Uh, there was one issue where uh, Maria Lovett was the, both the artist and the colorist. We did have guest artists because there were different like uh, parts of the story that Tynan was talking about were called for a different artist. We got for or different pencilers. We got Yannick Paquette, uh, Andre- Andrea Sorrentino, Francesco Francavilla, uh, Danny, um, and then Aaron Campbell. And then guest colorist, we got Nathan Fairbain, Jordi Belair, and Tamara Bonvillain. Um, as for the synopsis of this, and I tried to parse this down a little bit to not get, you know, not get too bogged down in it, but when the Corinthian learns of the smiling man, it sends him on a quest across the nightmare country. That is the waking world where he will grapple with the vicious sadomasochists, deranged venture capitalists and the embodied spirit of America itself. So, the Corinthian is, I mean, one of the the, the San, like Sandman's greatest characters, um, one of the like like one of his greatest creations, um, and like a way that it's kind of summed up in in uh, by by Tynan, who, by the way, this is a this was a big deal for him because Sandman is why he loves comics. He has a whole thing about it in the trade when you guys check it out. Um, but it's it's definitely worth reading. It's a couple pages long, um, but he is created to be a dark. A tormentor of humanity and he's a nightmare and he's a nightmare that's gone rogue and, and again you see him a lot in the sandman show too and that's where it's like when when i saw him on the cover of this and you called dibs I was like fuck man like that's that's gonna and then obviously tiny's writing it that's gonna be good when you like rescinded the dibs i was like oh wow so it, and i get it like and he only did a couple pages but the corinthian is who this this like is the straw that stirs a drink on this for sure I thought you had something to say. I apologize. So anyway, no, no I've, got, um, but, I've got nothing to say, but what happens with him and I'm actually looking at some of the first pages here is he's coming to haunt someone's nightmare, someone who he's gone and um, 
like he's bought, he's gone and, and haunted before. And when he does that, this guy is sleeping with another one of the main characters, Madison Flynn. So he comes into they're in Madison Flynn's room. The Corinthian comes in, talks to the guy, and then the Corinthian stops because he sees Madison Flynn's artwork. And her artwork has all of all this artwork of the smiling man, which looks like the Corinthian. It's we're seeing mouths for eyes, I and, then, that. and then obviously a normal mouth and everything. And the Corinthian is taken by this, and he's like, What's this is strange? What's going on? And the the dude who he's haunting is very much thrown off by this as well, to the point where he's like, This isn't this isn't normally how it goes. And he actually asks him at one point, Are you are you still going to eat my eyes? And then there's a silent panel where the Corinthian looks at him and then it closes up on his and the Corinthian's face. And he says, yes. <laughs> and he eats his eyes with his mouth eyeballs. That's how it all works. So if that's not, if that's not nightmare fuel enough for you, I don't know what is, but in an outstanding character, um, I do think that if you haven't at least watched the show, you, you, like uh, you, it might be, you won't appreciate it in full. Obviously, if you read the comic, you're going to appreciate it in full. But I think if you haven't at least watched the show, you won't appreciate it as much because this is definitely this is a lot about the character, the Corinthian. And there's don't get me wrong, there's like a, a plot that's at that, that's larger than him, but it's very much centered around him. So I mean, and, and look, Tynan does a great, great job of writing this character. So maybe, hey, maybe there are some people out there who hadn't read it, hadn't watched the show, gave it a look, and then got invested. I wouldn't be stunned by that, but the full appreciation is going to come with like knowing, getting a little background on this character from from elsewhere, because there's there's definitely ways to access the Corinthian in other in other spaces. Um, on top of him, I, I mentioned Madison Flynn. She's an artist who has been for a long time. I don't know if it's, I remember if it's her whole life or just a long time. She's been seeing the smiling man in her dreams. And the smiling man looks like the Corinthian, but as you mentioned, is this big, like disgusting blob looking figure. And I mean, like this, the skin, the skin is all nasty. And again, it has the same eye situation as, uh, as the Corinthian. And she's dr like draws him like, or paints him. I should say, um, paint me like one of your French ladies. Exactly. And then, but he, but it seems like that's a problem. She's not supposed to be seeing them. And that's where we get Mr. Ecstasy and Mr. Agony. And I'm curious, Joe, if you saw either of these two characters, because these are the two that I thought were the reason that you, you stopped reading the book, not the Corinthian. And, and to give you a quick refresher, Mr. Agony, not as jarring of an individual. He wears this like mask that like looks like he might be in BDSM or something like that, where he like his nose is out so he can breathe. And then he has a zipper around his mouth. Like the zipper's open so he can talk, but like everything else of his face is covered and he can't see anything. And he's like permanently like that. Fairly tame looking individual, like odd, but like tame when compared to Mr. Ecstasy, who has hooks around his eyes yeah, to keep his it. eyes open at all times and then hooks around his mouth that keep his mouth open that seem to keep his mouth open at all times is that guy ring a bell at all for you um I'm, I'm trying to remember that doesn't sound like anything that should ever be seen by anyone or even thought of or conceived of um i have very distinct um i, I have ptsd from this fucking issue i have very distinct images of uh madison's bedroom with the paintings and mm -hmm. uh, right uh, i have and then i think the last thing i remember because i remember the, f the the fat blob character yeah. were they out like on a dock 
Yes. Yes. That's the last thing I remember. So you saw, you definitely saw those two guys. guys, And I'll tell you what, I can't remember if it's in every issue like this, but I know at the end, like when you see the, 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 the smiling man, like when you actually see him, he, he's, Eye mouths are even more disgusting than like like it's, 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 Corinthians it's, it's so are fucking unnecessary. The, the Corinthians are jarring. His are fucking nasty. Like they're yeah. they're like like I, and I saw that's another one where I was like, yeah, Joe Joe couldn't handle this shit. Like I I don't mm-hmm. and I don't blame you. Like it's it's, a, it's freaky. But again, if you really like the Corinthian, which I think is a character a lot of people can like, I think if you like Constantine, he has a similar vibe to him. Definitely different. Um, but there's like an air to him that that like reminds me of Constantine. And maybe I'm off, but it's just there, there's something about him that's there. Um, and look, there are other players in this story. I mean, there are other players that are alluded to in the synopsis that I read. I don't want to get into more. I don't want to spoil things. Some of them don't pop up right away. Some of them kind of develop into more important figures as the story goes along. Um, but by and large, like you, you have an awesome character in the Corinthian. You have a, a compelling pairing in uh, Mr. Ecstasy and Mr. Agony that kind of have their own thing going on. And they all kind of cross together late in the story. Um, and, and then again, the, the humans in here are like, they're interesting characters. Don't get me wrong, but they very much are like pawns in, in the course of all this too. So um, awesome series. And again, the art is absolutely terrifying. Um, I, I think that Lissandro Estherin did an outstanding job with these with these characters, definitely ones that are going to stick with you. Um, and uh, Joe, I'm sorry if I brought these visuals back into your head, but awesome stuff. And, and also, if you haven't watched the Sandman show, like, it, you know, unless you're Joe, get get moving on it, please. Yeah, I, I'm sure I will, to be honest with you, because I, I heard it was really good. But oh, yeah. And I, and I do want to go back and I know it's a daunting it's task to read the original, you know, game in Sandman. Sure. Um, but. Sorry, my 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 child is wonderfully ridiculous, and I love her to death. <laughs> oh yes, well, oh, it's it. Well, you know what? It, you you, uh, it's about that time, anyways, Joe. It is so, but anyways, <laughs> I, I I just I just couldn't do it. Right? We talk about artwork and how important it is, um, and how much it could either bring us into a comic book or take us out of it. And this took me out of it solely because it achieved its job in scaring the shit out of you and it did it scared the absolute piss out of me uh and the artists that you named are all excellent artists i mean i i i, I fired off a tweet last week naming my my mount rushmore of uh horror um artists and, and two of them were brought up today alex cormack and uh francesco uh franco villa right wasn't was was Sorrentino the other one too in here? oh yes yeah right, sorrentino so three, right three of right so three today yeah. right uh, and then, and then the fourth would be in uh, Della Bartelli each. Yep. Um, nailed that one. Um, nice. But they, they do, but there's so many great artists out there. Right. And that, and that's what you want, right? Art is supposed to evoke emotions, yes. period. Whether it's horror, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's happiness, what, whatever it might be. And I mean, that's what this, this book did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the writing's great cause it's tiny, but the, the art was so good that I couldn't read it. Yeah, because that, I just I just couldn't handle it. Yes. And again, that is a warning to everybody who is looking is thinking about reading this. Like the art is not just like scary. 
it's jarring flat out. And if you know, if you don't know what the Corinthian looks like, I would look that up before you decide whether or not you want to delve into this. But uh, I, I had a great time. Like I absolutely crushed this. And I wanted to give this a look before we did the uh, black label um, episode that we did with Rich Keefe. And I, I just like, it was so easy to, to get this one in. So awesome stuff there. Um, but that is going to do it for us this week. Oh, look at you. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Did, 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 the mute button did not mute. <laughs> no, it, it didn't work that time. We're turning in to no, change my mind over here. I just, I just Belichick. The next thing I do is take this uh, mic and just absolutely like hammer the hell out of it. And yeah. Full Belichick mode. There you go. Um, but, uh, but that is going to do it for us until next week, Joe. Stay sexy. You know it, baby. Like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.